0: Hi everyone, today I'm interviewing my Aunt Steph, she's an elementary school teacher and she's been teaching for 17 years, why don't you say hi? Hi everyone, so um, my first um, topic is who am I as a learner and for me, as a learner, I'm always on top of things, trying my best to get good grades, and trying to understand the content completely. And my kind of question is, so like, how do you deal with different types of students, quote, unquote, like the bad and the good? Okay, well,
1: as you become a more experienced teacher, you'll, you'll have more tools to your tool belt. So at first, when you first start, it's really it's really like trial and error when you're learning kids. But your best tool will be your colleagues and your fellow teachers, just sharing ideas and bouncing ideas off of each other. But so many people have different learning ideas and strategies when dealing with students. It's really just trying to figure out what kids are like and how to deal with each kid individually, because they're all very different. But students who have behavioral problems will be, will most likely be trial and error. Does this work? It might, does this work? It might, it might not, and you have to try something else. But um, finding out what works for a student and what doesn't will provide a gateway to better management. So again, like speaking with prior teachers who they had last year, Finding out what worked for them or what didn't work
0: for them will also be helpful. So then, another question I have then is: Do teachers have favorites?
1: <laughs> yes. And if a teacher tells you no, they're fibbing. So I, I mean, as a teacher, you you'll always you'll always teach you always treat your kids the same way. You know, like you have your class, you'll always treat them the same way, but. You know, some kids have such different lives. The way that they act is, you know, is dependent on their life. And you have to be, like, their they're constant, their steady. So but, then... Oh, sorry. sorry you go know, ahead. On it, you can go. But there's, there's always going to be a, a kid that, like, touches you in some way. <laughs> Whether you help them achieve their goals or help them make a friend or something that you did that makes you feel good and makes you smile, that's that's gonna be something that's special to you. Hmm.
0: So then like in school, what type of learner were you? Well I I wanted
1: to always get good grades, but nothing came easy to me. So if I wanted to get a B or you know an A, I had to study extra hard. Like some people can just get an A and they don't crack a book. And that that was not me. So I feel like it's helpful as a teacher because I know I know when kids are working hard or when they're trying and they're trying to understand, I think it makes a difference.
0: Do you think being that way affected your career choice? I think maybe it did a little bit, yeah. I, I don't know, I think, I think
1: what affected my career choice the most was the teachers that I had too. Like the way that they, were and it wasn't always academic it was more like social really to be honest
0: all right and then our next topic is emc which is explaining and modeling content and when i first got here i asked if you knew that because some other teachers didn't really know what that was and i was wondering if you knew it And so EMC is Explaining and Modeling Content, and from what I take it as, it's one of the hardest and most important ways of teaching. So um, now that you know a little bit more about it, and you know what it is, how long do you think it took you to achieve being able to explain content and getting your students to understand it? Well,
1: okay, so every year you, you are given a new class, a new set of um, personalities and academic levels and behavioral issues, what have you. So what you did last year to explain and model might not work this year. So it's always going to be different, but I I guess explaining and modeling content, when I first read that question, it was okay. Everything you do, and especially in lower elementary, I don't know what it's like in high school, but everything you do is explaining and modeling. And every learner is different, so your explaining and modeling has to be different. You know, you can't teach one way. You can't say this is how you subtract from two hundred, and you have to do it this way. You have to have several different avenues because kids learn in so many different ways. So explaining and modeling i guess you have to make sure that you differentiate and you have lots of different ways to do it
0: do you have any certain ways that you like to demonstrate the content like in our class i'm in right now our big thing was using analogies to help kids understand the content
1: i mean yeah i guess i guess there's never like one thing but you know technology now is playing a big part Like my second graders like to see stuff on the screen, you know, because that's what kids do now. They're on the screen a lot. They like to see the colors and the books and the stuff that's going on on the screen. Um, But I, I don't know, I guess if that doesn't work, like you kind of can feel out your classroom. Like, are they understanding it? Are they with you? You can kind of tell. If not, you have to take a different approach. And I think I, I think I mentioned like just different just different ways of delivering your modeling, like visual, um, auditory, or verbal. You you have you might have to you might have to deliver it all sorts of different. So
0: ways. then, like with that, how do you know your students are understanding the content? Like, do you use your test to understand like it or worksheets? What do you do for that? So there's like a bazillion different assessment
1: tools that you can use but honestly your your gut is going to be your best tool you can walk around and you can see if is Susie like is Susie doing her work is she getting it done is she answering it she's probably understanding it but I mean like I said there's a ton of like formal assessments that you're going to learn about where you know there's test taking there's poster making. There's all sorts of different things to actually assess a student, but really teacher observation is probably going to be one of your best tools.
0: All right. Our next topic and the last one is healthy learning communities. And this is where teachers have to be aware of every student and what they believe in or who they are and you kind of have to create a bond to understand your students and get comfortable with them. So my question is, have you had any students get uncomfortable in certain situations when you say something and how do you take action on this? Well,
1: I'm sure that I have unintentionally made someone uncomfortable in the past. you're going to come across and you know i guess it it does depend on where you teach as well but you're going to come across a bunch of different religions cultures family backgrounds um and you as the as the teacher you have to be aware like one year i had a student that um his dad died during during our school year so i kind of had to be careful when i would say oh um we're gonna do this activity at the end of the school year for father's day he just lost his father yeah or um you know some some uh students you know are certain religions that you know they they don't celebrate halloween or they're not allowed to participate in this or that or whatever so I mean, you'll, you'll learn as you go through. You have to kind of know your class and understand what's going on with them so that you can better serve them, really.
0: Um, my next question is, how do you create bonds with your students? You
1: know, like, the best thing is just getting to know them. Like, make a connection with them. What do they like? You know, some kids come in in the morning, you really should say good morning to every kid and goodbye to every kid. And I wrote a little thing about like how I would challenge myself. And after school ended, I would think about a kid and I would think, what, are they, what did they wear today? Because sometimes you're just so busy in your day and there's so much going on that this one, you know, Susie, she's quiet, she doesn't say much you know she's good she's learning everything she's getting good grades but you know you didn't really you didn't really talk to her and you didn't really notice her today and i think like understanding what kids like and what kind of background they have and just making that connection is huge like say it's mom's birthday she says oh it's my and that's what they'll say if you're elementary it's my mom's birthday i got a new cat my cat died last night I get, I get, blah, 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 it all comes out. Oh, it was your mom, it's your mom's birthday? You know, if you have five minutes, let her make a card. Like, little things like that, where you just give them your 100% attention for that little time, I think
0: it, I think it's really important. Um, our teacher, um, Mr. Foster, he's the teacher of this class. In the morning, or anytime like, for his classes, he has this little chart on his door, and it's a salutation, so, like either you get a fist pump or um, a high five, like, he always makes sure to say good morning to you, ask you, you know, how you were and stuff, so he likes to do that every morning, so it's funny that you, like, said that same thing to check on them every morning. Aww, that's nice. Um, and then my last question is, um, I know some stories, like, you'll bring up about, like, seeing some of your students, like out at a restaurant or something, or even, like, some of your graduating students from, like, one of your first years teaching, do you, you remember, like, everyone or only ones that stuck out or impacted your teaching career? Well, I mean,
1: you know, 25 kids times a lot of years, I, I probably would, I probably am sad to say I don't remember every single kid, but, you will you remember a lot more than you think, especially you'll see them and you'll be like, oh my gosh, they look so familiar. You might not remember their name, but you might see them and say, oh my gosh, I remember this kid, you know. But there's always some that are going to be like, oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of neat. It's really neat to be like I was invited to a graduation party for a girl that I had in first grade, and that was that was really cool and exciting but i mean you know it's it's hard to remember every single one but you you'll you'll remember more than you think you will
0: yeah and then just one, I was thinking of sitting here but do you have like one particular like funny story that happened in your classroom that like well you'll always remember
1: <laughs> okay i'll try to explain it to you the best i can but there was this boy And he is blonde and i remember his name like it was yesterday but i'm not going to tell you and i was reading a story to everybody so i'm reading and i'm looking out and he started picking his nose (laughs) and i was like okay i just kept reading well he picked his nose and the snot and boogies stretched all the way as far as his arm could reach out like straight arm. And then he took his arm and went up
0: and ate it all.
1: <laughs> and I was like and I tried to keep reading but then I thought I might get sick. But I I I laugh every single time like I see a, a kid pick his nose. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's nothing." Let me tell you this story about so and so. Yeah, imagine Hand to nose, extended (laughs) arm, complete line of snot, up, (laughs) eat it. That's disgusting. (laughs) You can't have like a weak stomach, I don't think. (laughs) No. They're going to do, especially like little younger kids, they're going to do a lot of gross stuff. That's gross. And then you have a bathroom in your
0: classroom,
1: so I'm sure you get some funny stuff with that. Oh my gosh, how about,
0: (laughs) I need help. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, I'm going in. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, that's hilarious. She teaches second grade. I don't know if I said that. So it's not like kindergarten. It's second grade. Yeah, so they, they're still so old enough to be able to they know better, kind of, ish, sometimes. And then my last thing, um, do you have any advice? Not particularly for me, but I guess, like... For anyone? Uh, yeah, or, I mean, you could do it for me.
1: I guess, um... I, I I would tell you to, to get in the classroom as much as you can because, you know, bless our classes, <laughs> you need to really get in there and like get in the trenches to be able to see like, wow, this is, this is what it's like. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I think. Like you, you have to jump in, you have to jump in the pool and see like what you're really swimming with, if you can, if you're able. I mean, it's awesome. I wouldn't change it, but... There's a lot of things where you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't learn this in school.
0: Yeah. One of our, like, course essential questions is what traits does a strong teacher have? So, mm. like, you saying, you know, getting in the classroom and then bringing up stuff about, like, oh, this kid's dad died. Like, you have to deal with all that stuff. So that was good that you said that because that had to deal with our question that we're trying to figure out. And you have to be flexible. Like, you have to be... You can't be a person like
1: teachers are very routine oriented. You know, things are like it's, you know, your special is at 842 and you're there at 842. However, there's so many things that go on, you know, like today they said, oh, my gosh, can you come to this meeting at two thirty? The counselor is going to come to your class and cover for you. OK. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to be really flexible and you have to be able to work with a lot of different a lot of different people. So I, I think being flexible is a big thing, like routine oriented, yes, but flexible, 100%. All right,
0: well, thank you so much for doing this. You're so welcome. <laughs> All right, thank you everyone. Bye.